Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. I also wanted to give a little bit of a follow-up. We, we did, a, a, not last week, it was last week we skipped, right, because of the bitter cold. And, of course, super warm this Wednesday, so we went ahead and had church. No, we, it was a combination of the bitter cold and the horrible parking lot conditions that we didn't have church last Wednesday. But the Wednesday before, I believe, is when we had a healing service. And I shared with you my testimony. Do you remember that? I told you about my, my back injury and the two miserable years I had there. There's, there was a footnote to that, that that I wanted to share with you that just touched me. And I, I say this by, uh, just as a way to maybe encourage you and how you minister to others. The very next year, uh, I want you to remember that both of these uh, back things hit me. Uh, I didn't look at a calendar, but they were almost at exactly the same time of year. So two mid-Novembers in a row, I woke up in miserable pain. And the second time it happened, of course, it stuck around for a lot longer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can get the CD. I hope you'd be encouraged by that. Uh, so the third year, I have to admit it was on my mind. Uh, it wasn't like a fearful thing, but I remembered. And I walk into my office and there is a, there is a note, actually no, an envelope from Ken Beatty. And Ken Beatty had taken the time to write me quite a detailed letter encouraging me that he had been praying for me and remembering, I want you to know that I remember what you've gone through the last two years, and I'm praying for you and believing and declaring in faith that this is not going to, this is not going to happen again this year. And it didn't. It didn't. But it meant a lot to me. It wasn't like I was, oh, wow, if Ken hadn't written me that letter, I would have got sick again. It was just one more. Uh, it, it was, like I, like I shared with you, it was the thing that kind of got me over that hump was knowing that there were other people standing in faith with me. And, to, and it blessed me in an immeasurable way to know that somebody cared enough and remembered that this was something that I had fought, even though it was nearly a year past uh, my receiving the manifestation of that healing. So thanks again, Ken. And, and again, if, if you know somebody, there's somebody in your life uh, who's facing something, uh, you might ha- not have any idea how much an encouraging word from you will help them. Amen? So anyway, uh, tonight... Psalm 107, I told you that, right? I'm going to read to you the first, uh, we, we can read it together, the first 32 verses of this psalm, and then I'm going to break it down and uh, share a few observations with you. But let's dive into it because I uh, don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness and the shadow of death bound in affliction and irons because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought their heart, sorry, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. 
Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them out of, sorry, from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works for the children, to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their souls melt. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. I want you to see, of course you can see that this is kind of a song, right? With the same chorus. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. But I want you to see there are four specific categories of affliction that the psalmist is writing about here. And the first one, when it says they wandered in a desolate way, beginning in verse 4, and they found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Uh, this is poverty. This is lack. This is what they're being afflicted with. In uh, beginning in verse 10, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High, therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, there was none to help. Uh, this is bondage. Bondage to sin, bondage to anything. It could be literal bondage, chains, uh, captivity. It could be a habit, a besetting sin. And what does he do? He breaks the bonds, right? In uh, verse 17, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred, abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. This is sickness. This is sickness. And then... Verses 23, starting verse 23, where it talks about those who go down to the ships. And uh, first talks about how they see the wonders of God. They see the, 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 the power of God and his glory in the very, the very deep itself, the waves. And then suddenly the waves are a little too high and the wind is a little too strong. And uh, they're at their wit's end. This is danger. So we see the four types of affliction we're seeing here are poverty, bondage, sickness, and danger. And what God does is he makes provision for those who are afflicted with poverty. He works freedom and liberty for those who are in bondage. Healing 
for those who are in sickness and rescue from danger. All of this because they cried out in distress. They cried out in distress. And, I would like to point out, they were crying out in distress under the Old Covenant. Now, I believe, personally, I have read commentaries that, that suggest the possibility, at least, of it being otherwise. Man, oh man, i got things falling on the floor and falling off my belt here. Oh, that's the chili cook-off results. Uh, oh, that clip broke again. Uh, I believe that he's specifically talking about God's people in these verses. God's covenant people, Israel. Uh, there are some commentaries that suggest these are just, this is mankind everywhere. Uh, and even one, I, I actually kind of liked, I think it was Matthew Henry wrote, that uh, even those who were idolaters, those who uh, did not worship Jehovah, at, in the moments of extreme distress, looked beyond their idols and cried out to the one true God. And I like that possibility, how God can reveal himself uh, uh, as superior to the gods, whatever gods they are invoking you know, that they realize that whatever gods they've been serving and worshiping aren't doing them any good at that moment. And so they cry out to the one true God that somehow they always knew was there but had refused to worship. But because there's specifics in here about transgression, iniquities, and rebelling against God's word, I'm assuming that the primary application is to those who have received God's law, received God's word in the first place. So these who were under the law in the old covenant cried out in their distress. They were healed, they were delivered, they were rescued, and they were prospered. Uh, out of their poverty, out of their sickness, out of their danger, right? And out of their bondage for crying out in their distress. And the main point I want to make tonight is this. If they can be delivered, if they were delivered, crying out in distress under the old covenant, how much more should we expect to be prospered and healed and delivered and rescued as inheritors of a new covenant built on better promises? And they cried out in their distress. How much more should we expect to be delivered and healed when we cry out in faith? Do you see the difference? They cried out in their distress. We cry out in faith. I was talking to... Uh, to Jim Knight just a little bit. We were talking about a teaching he had heard, and we were kicking it around uh, and, and got on this subject of, of confession and, and how, you know, in Christ, we are in Christ, and there's so much wrapped up in that truth. And you ask yourself, in Christ, is there this? Is there lack in Christ? Is there sickness in Christ? Is there bondage in Christ? Is there danger in Christ? There's not. There's safety. There's healing. There's provision, Right? There's freedom, liberty, right? This is where we are. And this is part of my, I shared with you during the, the healing message a couple of weeks ago, how, how it's part of my daily confession. And it, you know, it's, not, it's not always word for word the same, but I usually cover the same basis. And one of the things that I say with great regularity is I am in Christ. And in Christ there is no sickness and no disease. It's, it's, it's who we are, it's where we are. And it's an expectation that we should have because that's what faith is, right? Look at this though. 
So we can ask, ask ourselves as a way of encouraging ourselves and challenging ourselves. I'm in Christ. Is there lack in the body of Christ? Is there lack in Christ? Is there bondage in Christ? Is there danger in Christ? Is there sickness in Christ? But is there sin in Christ? There's not. And there shouldn't be in your life either. We should take that just as seriously. I always come back to that. We should, we should be battling that uh, more seriously than we battle sickness. We should take, it should bother us more than sickness and poverty do. And unfortunately, often it doesn't. But here's what I want you to see, of course, as well. Look at this passage that is repeated in uh, all of these circumstances. In verses 8 and 9, it says this, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. In uh, verse 15, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. In verse 21, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. And in 31, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. And clear back in verses uh, 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And this is really where we land. You know, there is a difference, and I think it is a big difference, although I've had people argue with me about this. I think there is a big difference between being thankful and giving thanks. Because I think people... Number one, people have a sense of gratitude. I don't know if I shared this with you just recently uh, or maybe around Thanksgiving. Uh, If I did, I apologize, but it's a story from way back in my college days. I went around. uh, I wasn't posing as anybody. I wasn't doing this for for an article in the Parkland Prospectus or anything like that. I was just curious, but I just went up and interviewed people around Thanksgiving, asking them what they were thankful for. And... uh, Whatever their answer was, I'm thankful for this school, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for whatever. The next question was, who are you thankful to? And some of them didn't have an answer for that. I'm thankful to my parents. Okay, that's good. Uh, Many of them said, I'm thankful to God. Uh, And then I always would follow up, do you believe in God? Are you thankful to God? And some would say no. Well, when you thank God, when, when you're thankful for life, when you're thankful for breath and health and the big things, who are you thankful to? Because I maintain that gratitude requires an object. You can be happy, you can feel good, but to be thankful, you need to be thankful towards something. Thanks is something that, that it should be given, but if you are full of thanks, it's because you are full of something that should be offered to somebody else. I am thankful for this, but I am thankful to this person. And obviously what we're looking for is, are we thankful to God? Are we thankful toward God? And if we are thankful about God, this is the command. And the, it's, it's not saying be thankful. It's not saying uh, quietly appreciate. It's give thanks. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. 
for his goodness and for his wonderful works among the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's not enough to feel thankful. It's not enough. You are not obeying God and you are not honoring God if you just know in your heart that he's been good to you. Speak it. Speak it to him and talk about it to other people. Say so to him. Say so to me. Say so to one another and say so to your unsaved loved ones. Let them know who you are thankful to. Do it boldly. Don't be ashamed. He's not ashamed of you. He wasn't ashamed to do what he did, even though he submitted himself to some pretty shameful things at the hands of men. He did that for you. How much more should we openly give thanks to God for everything he's done in our lives? And let me say this. Because when you read these, and, and, and by the way, you can read the rest of that psalm. It departs from that pattern and just basically talks about how God works justice. Uh, and if people are proud and rich and enjoying uh, you know, um, high positions on the earth, God brings them low. But he takes those who are without and puts them in green pastures and places where there's water. And, and, and it's basically talking about God's justice. But let's be honest. We look around the world and we don't see that. We see a great deal of injustice. Which once again, I think, reinforces the, the idea that the, that the qualifier here is God's people. God will take care of his people. That's who he has promised to deliver to heal, etc. But we also look around and we think, but I have cried out to the Lord in my distress and he hasn't delivered me. That's why I stopped. I stopped crying and I stopped thanking. I have nothing to, I was going to hold off on my thanks until he delivered me from my distress. I'm not encouraged when I read this. I'm discouraged because it reminds me that he has delivered so many other people out of so many other distresses, but he hasn't delivered me from mine. This is where faith comes in again. I'm sorry if this sounds simplistic, but you need to understand this. If you will be diligent about thanking God for what he has done in the past, like it commands here, if you will be diligent about thanking God for what he has done, if you will be diligent about thanking God for what he has done and does for others, and if you will be diligent about thanking God for his promises, I promise you, God promises you, it is just a matter of time before you are thanking him for the answer, the manifested answer that you, that you have been seeking in your life. Whatever it is. Are you in bondage? Scott, I'm in bondage. I'm in bondage to the same thing I've, I've been in bondage to for 30 years. Are you in sickness? I've been fighting the same disease. It's chronic. Are you in poverty? I can't get my head above water. I work hard. I always show up for work. We still can't get our bills paid. 
What is your affliction? Maybe nothing right now, but I'm telling you, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. And something I haven't pointed out yet is in two of these cases, it specifies that the affliction they were suffering was due to their own rebellion, their own transgressions, their own iniquity. Isn't it interesting that he lumps both of those cases into, treats them the exact same way. Talks about, the first it just talks about, well, they were in poverty, they were wandering around, doesn't say anything about their sin, doesn't say anything about what got them there. Just said they cried out to the Lord and he delivered them. And the last, they're on the sea. They're just going about their business and they're in danger and they cry out to the Lord. Not their fault. They cry out to the Lord. He delivers them. But in the middle two, the bondage and the sickness, they were in bondage because they rebelled against God's word. They were in sickness because they transgressed and because of their iniquities. But they cried out to the Lord in their distress and he delivered them. He, he sent his word and healed them. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all, even if it's their own fault. Praise God. So don't let that hold you back from believing. It's part of the same song. They got themselves in a big old mess and got sick, but they cried out to the God and he delivered them. I'm pretty sure that's how the tune went. But, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. You be diligent about thanking him for his history. You be diligent about thanking him for what he's done for everybody else. And you thank him for the promise he has made that he will do it for you. And you thank him like it's done. And you will see it done in your life. But don't withhold the thanks in the meantime. Don't do the wait and see because that's like saying, I'll believe it when I see it. You have to believe it first. That, and this kind of goes, comes back full circle to the exhortation we received at the end of praise and worship and the word that came forth. Waiting on the Lord and knowing him, hearing his voice. When you know God and you will know God from spending time in prayer and spending time in the word, you will be filled with this confidence that he has only good in store for you and that he is more than capable about bringing about the desired result in your life. His plans might be a little bit mysterious. I'm not saying he's going to show you the end from the beginning even though he knows it. I'm not saying it can't be a little bit scary. I'm telling you though, it's good. It's good. His mysterious plans for you do not include bondage, poverty, and sickness. They include liberty, healing, and provision. Abundant provision, superabundant provision. This is, his this is his pattern. This is how he treats his people, how he treats his children. This was the old covenant, and we've got a better one with better promises. So be in faith. Be not just thankful. But if you're full of thanks, speak it out. Give the thanks. Say so. Amen? Praise the worship team, come up here. In the middle of all this, we're talking 
specifically tonight about thanking him for getting us out of jams, rescuing us from danger, from poverty, from sickness, from bondage, things he's doing for us. From four specific circumstances, I guess I'd put it that way. Um, Stand up with me while I tell you this to remind me that I'm wrapping up here. Please don't neglect to regularly thank him from your heart for saving you. We thank him in faith that because we are in Christ, healing is ours. Provision is ours. Protection is ours. Deliverance is ours. These are promises. These aren't just theories. These are things he has said in black and white. It's in his word. He's written it down for us. These are promises we can claim, we can stand on, we can expect, and again, thank him that they are on the way if they are not already manifest in our lives. And by all means, if you've experienced those things, and many of you have, most of you have, thank him. Well, I can stop thanking him now. I got it. Now you got it. Now you really thank him. I mean, just continue. Thank you, Lord. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You didn't let me down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. But all those things are true and they're ours and we can be confident thanking him uh, before the fact because he promised him, right? And, and he's able to give those things to us. Why? Because we are in Christ and in Christ there is no lack, there is no sickness, etc. So above all, what do we thank him for? For placing us in Christ, for redeeming us in the first place, for saving us, for putting us in a position. You see... His finished work at the cross is what qualifies us for all of those promises. The world can cry out in their distress, and God will hear them. But you and I, he has made promises to. It's our birthright to expect these things, our new birthright, our rebirthright. So that's what we need to... When you are thanking God in your daily prayers, always, 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 thank you, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for placing me in Christ where there is no lack, where there's no sickness, where there's no bondage. So I'm going to end here with a with a prayer of thanks. I want it to be your prayer too. And I want you to say amen. You can say amen in the middle of the prayer, but say something. Say so. So, Lord. If you've been redeemed, say so. And get in the habit of saying so. Sunday we'll be talking about the fast. We'll be talking about the theme for the year. Uh, Spend a couple days between now and then praying. See what God would have you fast. And to prepare your heart for what he's laying on us for this year. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Meanwhile, before I pray this prayer, and then after that we'll sing. If you've never, if you can't be sure that you're in Christ. Man, this, this sounds like a pretty good deal, Scott. Deliverance, healing, provision. I want that. You can have it. Get in Christ with us. Uh, how do you do that? You just acknowledge that you can't save yourself. There's no amount of goodness, no, no number of works that you can do to get yourself placed in Christ. Jesus Christ himself came and took your sin in his own body and carried it to the cross. That's what the cross was all about, to pay a debt that we could not pay. And when he rose from the dead, victorious over the grave, victorious over sin, poverty, sickness, and death, he invites us into that victorious life. You simply accept it. 
say, Lord, you are the Lord. I need you to be my Lord. You are the Savior. I need you to be my Savior. If you've never done that, do that tonight. And I would I would encourage you, I'd even urge you to come up here and let me pray with you if you need to if you need to pray that prayer tonight. Don't pray it alone. God will hear you, but there's something meaningful about making that decision public. Alright, don't be don't this is eternal life we are talking about. So don't let any sort of discomfort, don't look around, don't think, oh gosh, I thought everybody here probably thinks I'm saved already. Man, if you're not sure, come up here. Let me pray with you. It's simple. It's a free gift. Don't pass by. Everybody else, be thankful from your heart. Hear this prayer. Say amen to this prayer. And make it your prayer. Not just today, not just tonight, but going forward. Heavenly Father, Lord God, you are a good God, and we are thankful. We thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for protecting us, for delivering us from bondage, for delivering us from sin, for delivering us from sickness and from poverty and from danger. Thank you, Lord, for your abundant provision in our lives. Thank you for the stripes that were laid on Jesus' back to secure our healing. Thank you for your manifold promises that we can stand on. Thank you for the very faith you have given us to exercise and bring those things manifestly into our lives. We thank you for the Holy Spirit and the boldness and the wisdom and the teaching that he brings into our lives. We thank you for ears that hear. We thank you for eyes that see. We thank you for hearts that are open to receive the word implanted which is able to save our souls. And we thank you for continuing to mold us, to shape us, to make us into the image of Jesus Christ who saved us. I thank you, Lord, for the saving work of the cross. And I pray now, Lord God, if there's anybody in here who has never experienced that, who has never come to know you as Father, never known Jesus Christ as Lord, that you would convict of sin now as only you can, Holy Spirit, that you would grant them the wisdom, the boldness, and the humility that they uh, need to exercise to simply come and receive that free gift tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you as you come. Let's go ahead and sing. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.